and, and this is really taking me away from the message, but we need to understand the, the, how death entered into the earth. Man, Adam, gave entry to death. And since then, everything that's made has been corrupted and is decaying and is dying. Amen? So we need to understand that. God is not the author of death at all. He's a good God. Say he's a good God. He's an absolutely good God. But this morning, I want to speak to us about something that I think is so, so critical, so, so important. We shared this a couple of weeks ago in the Grace Boot Camp we just concluded in Nigeria. And I have read the scriptures, I've prayed, and I continue to see that the singular element that you and I need to really pay attention to is the issue of believing or faith or trusting. In the New Testament, those three words, believing, trusting, and faith is used interchangeably. It's one Greek word for all of those three. Pisteo. Amen? Now, Hebrews chapter 3. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 3 now. Verse 12. Hebrews 3, 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? Unbelief. In departing from the living God. You see, religion has so programmed you and I. If a man or a woman walked into this room right now and said, ah, pastor, elder, John, Sally, Jane, pray for me because I'm really overtaken in adultery. We will, we will look at that person very, very funny and say, ah, adultery. Wow. If they walked in and said, you know what? I just cannot stop lying. Lying is just like second nature to me. We look at that person funny. But if a person walked in and said, you know what? I have a serious problem of unbelief. We kind of just, ah, unbelief, that's, it's not a big deal. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? In the mind of God, unbelief is bigger and worse than adultery or fornication. Ah, you guys are looking at me very funny. What did the Bible just call it in Hebrews 3 12? Evil heart of unbelief. Evil heart of Jesus was praying. He was speaking to his disciples. He said, This kind does not come out but by what? Through prayer and fasting. The issue or the stronghold of unbelief is only resolved or arrested with consistent discipline of prayer and fasting. Why? Because it is the one thing that everything that God has done or is doing for us hangs upon. The evil heart of unbelief. The Bible talks in Mark chapter 6. Let's go there. 
Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 in verse 5. Now he could do no... Mark chapter 6 verse 5, yeah? Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their what? Unbelief. Unbelief is the only thing that will deprive us of the ability of being able to walk in everything that God has, has for us. If there's anything you can take away from this message this morning, let me, let me just say, let me throw this out right now. You need to understand that the acts of sin only grow on the tree of unbelief. All the acts of sins that we are consumed with, that we are concerned about, that people talk about, I'm trying to say, I need to stop this, and I need to stop that, I need to stop that, I need to stop that. Rather than focusing on what you need to stop, you should be focusing on what you believe. Because every act of sin grows only on the tree of unbelief. A believing man or woman will not commit adultery. Now, when I use the word believing, I'm not saying you believe to be saved. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living, believing as a lifestyle. Believing as a lifestyle. The reason we do the things we do is because in those moments when we do those things, we refuse to believe God's provision. That's the answer for whatever it is that's happening. Believing. This morning, I want us to understand the currency of grace. You go to Publix, you go to Kroger, provisions are on the shelves, meat is in the uh, freezer, all the things you need are already stocked. But in order to take the goods out of the store, there must be an exchange of currency. You give money, you procure the goods, and you take it home. Similarly with grace, God has provided everything. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. He has made provision for everything under heaven for you and I. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now look at verse 8. For by grace you have been saved, comma. Now, let, let, let me put it this way. Grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, talking about God's part, God's favor, is unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor towards mankind. 
Everything you and I can need, God's grace has provided. Grace supplies everything man will ever need or has ever needed. By grace, we have been saved. God has done it. He has provided it by grace. It has nothing to do with you and I. By grace, it's done. But let's finish reading the scripture. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. So the provision that has been made can only be assessed, appropriated by faith, by trusting God, by believing God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those that come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Huge. If I can just get you this morning to start believing, to start trusting, to start having faith and say, God, you've done it, I believe it, I, I don't understand the mechanics of it. No, I don't. I don't understand the dynamics of how it comes together. No, I don't. But God is not calling you and I to understand how he does it. He's just saying, believe it, I've done it. Huge. Because what the person was asking me on Friday borders on the issue of sovereignty. Sovereignty meaning, by religious definition, that God is in control of everything all of the time and that nothing happens apart from his permission and apart from him allowing it. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? No, I don't. No, I don't. Because if you say that, that that's, if you say that that's really true, then you kill those guys in the plane crash. You guys are looking at me very, very funny. Did he not himself say that I wish that none should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of my son? So God wishes this, but it's not happening. Everybody will not come to the knowledge, even though that's what he wished. He said that thief come not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. Does everybody have life? But that's what he came to do. You see, because if we believe that other thing about the far-fetched over above the top sovereignty as defined by religion, not by the dictionary, then when you are sick, it must be the will of God. He allowed it. So if God allowed it, why are you trying to get healed? Ah, it's quiet. Because you are saying that God, everything that happens is in charge, is in control, he knows about it, and he permits it. If he's permitting you to be sick, why do you want to be well? Because if you want to be well, you're against the will of God. If you're in pain, why do you need relief? Because that pain may just be God's will since he permits it. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Psalms 115. 
The heaven, even the heavens, belong unto God. But the earth he has given to who? The children of men. You and I are left here on this planet to exercise God's dominion. And to the degree that we do so, to the degree we see changes. There are a lot of things God wishes that's not happening. Not that he cannot make it happen. No, we are not talking of an impotent God. No, that's not the idea. God has exercised the discipline to restrain himself from doing certain things he's told you and I to do. And this is why this issue is so important. What we are talking about this morning, this issue of believing. By grace, it's made all of, all of, all of that available. Listen, we just read it, Mark chapter 6. Jesus in his hometown only laid hands on a few folks. Why? Because of their unbelief. Ah, he's the son of a carpenter. We know him. And this man is just, he didn't see his carpenter's shop. He's just a carpenter. No, no, no. I, won't, I can't listen to this guy. You, you remember, I was at his birthday. I saw, I saw when they dedicated him. They saw him as a carpenter and they could not receive what he carried. And even though he empathized with their sickness and disease and the need, he could do nothing for them. If death was the will of God, why is it that when Jesus went to funerals, he just didn't say, ah, this is a great day for you, you should rejoice. Every dead they brought to him in his life and ministry, he raised them from the dead. Do you see, hey, I don't know how to say this. Do you see how what we believe affects what we expect? Right believing leads to right behaving. If you are believing that God is killing you, making you sick, making you poor, having miscarriages, of course when it happens, you become passive. You don't know whether to pray or not to pray. And the Bible says, resist the devil. How can you resist him if you believe it's from God? We have to get the right perspective about who God is. And that changes everything. It changes everything. Not only does it change what we receive, what we get from God, as a result of his love towards us and his mercy, it changes how we live. If I truly believe God, sin is the last thing I'm thinking about. Rather than spending my life managing sin or trying to avoid sin because I believe him, I'm having the right corresponding behavior, which is far away from sin. That's the best antidote to sin that I know. Not a list of rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Your dress must be long. Your hair must be short. Uh, don't pinch your lips like uh, Jezebel and all this stuff. Don't wear earrings and all of that and on and on and on and on. How many people have those things saved? But you show me a man or a woman that believe God. I will show you a man or a woman that will shake their world. That will recreate their environment. That will get results and see things happen. And see the grace of God. Heavens open above them. And things happening to them and through them. Sovereign means a ruler. A king. One that's independent. One that no one else controls. And in that sense, God is sovereign. 
Nobody controls him. He's independent. He's self-existing. But the other ones that we added and tacked onto it and said, well, nothing happens and if, if, unless he permits it, allows it, and that, 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 that. Of course, God knows about everything, about everything. He knows all things about everything. But that does not mean that he's the one that allows it to happen or not to happen. We have the authority. And we need to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. He sees us here on earth as his agents who make his enemy his footstool. That's why he placed us here. I'm telling you guys, I am so excited about what God is doing, I can hardly stand it. I don't want any unbeliever around me. I don't. Look at what Jesus said. He said to Peter, he said, the enemy has desired to sift you as wheat. Luke chapter 22. Let's get the scripture on the board because I want, I want you to see. Luke 22, verse 31. The enemy, aha, and the Lord said, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Pay attention. That your faith, thank you by Emmanuel, should not fail. Look at Jesus' prayer. Look at what Jesus did not pray about. He did not pray, Peter, that you will not deny me. Oh, man, you, you missed that. He was not praying about the act. He was not praying about the act of commission, the denier. No! Jesus understood that if his faith does not fail, he will not deny. Denial will be born on the tree of unbelief. So Jesus did not go and pray about, ah, I'll pray that you will not deny me. You are, you are, you are, you are dealing with uh, fig leaves. God, help me that I do not uh, lie on my job. Help me I do not commit adultery. You are praying wrong prayers. Rather, God, help me that I keep my eyes on you, trusting you, believing you until the end. Let me show you one more. Numbers chapter 20. And then we're going to pray. Because I want to see signs, wonders. I want to see divine happenings in your lives. And listen, folks, I hope you understand this. I'm not saying this boastfully. I'm boasting in the Lord. Things are happening with me that I have, listen, I cannot even explain. But it's because I've changed my paradigm to totally, completely, recklessly abandon myself in his hand. Whether there's one person here or 10,000 people, it doesn't face me any longer. It's not my job. I will not carry any burden that God has not placed on me. No! Men die and go to their graves early because of that. I refuse. Why? I'm trusting him. I'm trusting him completely. Did I give you a scripture? Numbers 20. Numbers 20. This issue of believing is, is the entire issue. There are people that are struggling with this message on eternal security and 
uh, you know, can a believer lose their salvation? Oh, no, no. I'm going to have one Sunday here that I'm just going to have a debate on that. One Sunday. And take your question and answers. Because everything boils down to what I'm telling you just, just right now. We've said it before, we've seen it again. Nobody goes to hell for acts of commission of sin. Ah. <laughs> you will not find anybody in hell. Say, why are you here in hell? Ah, I'll rob the bank. Why are you in hell? Oh, I had an illicit bit, uh, affair. That's not the reason. That could be a manifestation. But that's not, you see, we, 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 we continue to chase shadow. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. We are chasing shadows. Behold, the substance is here. Why are you still pursuing shadows when the substance is right before you? All these acts are shadows. Ah, how did I get to that now? Okay. Hold your place in Numbers number 20. Hold your place in Numbers 20. Let's go to John chapter 3. And yes, I, I really want to take a Sunday. Maybe two Sundays. One Sunday, I address Hebrews chapter 6. The next Sunday, I address Hebrews chapter 10. And maybe the next Sunday, I address Ephesians chapter 5. Because you see, as a shepherd, it is my job to, uh, to, to, to give you correct information. Because there's nothing that erodes a man of God or a woman of God's confidence before God. More than this issue. Am I right with God today? Am I not right tomorrow? You lose your boldness. And as far as I know, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, come boldly. There's only one way you can approach the throne. It's not with timidity. And you cannot be bold if you think you have a, uh, uh, a skeleton in your, in, your, in, your, in your cupboard. You can't be bold. You are robbed of your boldness if you think something is wrong with you. And that's why many of us are prayerless because the enemy has robbed us of our ability to stand before God without condemnation. And God showed us all kinds of pictures all over the Bible. But, but, but religion has our head tied. So, ah, you can't, ah, no, you can't believe that. Look at John chapter 3. John chapter 3. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever what? Did you see what he said? Whosoever believes in him. Notice he did not say whoever does not commit adultery. Pierre, are you listening to me there? Did you hear what I just said? Whoever believes in him, not whoever has not robbed the bank. <laughs> Is that just a thing? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh-uh. Why do you laugh like that? Whoever believes in him. But we have to make it more difficult than that. God, you can't mean what you say. This is too simple. What do you mean? How do you mean if I believe in you? Abba, do you not remember what I slapped my sister yesterday? Only one condition. Whoever believes in him. And the reason I'm happy on this 
You see, what it took for me to be saved by grace is what it's going to take to keep me saved by grace. I believe to get saved. I have to keep believing to stay saved. I will show you that scripture as well. It's in the book. One condition. Okay? Whoever believes in him should, be, should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. But look at the next sentence. But he who does not believe is condemned. Who is condemned? The armed robber? Who is condemned already? Is it the armed robber? Daniel, are you sure? You are pretty sure. Are you certain? <laughs> Who is condemned already? The person that does not believe. Not the person that committed an act. It's a disposition. Are you a believer or not? Numbers 20. This, this, when I saw this a couple of weeks ago, it shocked me. God has been trying to tell us all this while. Just focus, trust me, believe me, have faith in me, on and on and on and on and on. But we are just running all over the place looking for everything else except that. Look at Numbers 20, verse 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, hear now you rebels. <laughs> that sounds like a frustrated pastor. <laughs> I won't let you guys make me say that. <laughs> Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. Now, stop right there. If I'm to ask you the question, what did Moses do wrong? <laughs> he struck the rock twice, is that correct? Let's hear what God said about it. Verse 12. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Because what? You and I are focusing on the act. Moses, why did you strike the rock twice? Moses, why did you do this? Bank, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? We are focusing on the doings and the doubts. And God said, wrong. You are missing it. Moses, you struck the rock because you didn't believe my instruction. You thought you were wiser. My instruction was too simple. Your mind did not comprehend it. So you took it upon yourself to change my instruction because you didn't believe. 
So what caused Moses the promised land? Unbelief. That's God's version of it. Unbelief. To those who were there, who were watching, they saw him strike the rod twice. And they went home and reported, Moses struck the rock twice. But God's divine version said, "Mm -mm, you didn't believe me. Do you see what I'm saying to us this morning? This is the issue. Believing God is the critical issue. And I want to challenge us to make it a daily commitment to asking the Holy Spirit to help you to be in a disposition where you can respond to God in faith. For by grace, we are saved. Through faith. Grace has nothing to do with you. All of God by himself because of the richness of his love and his mercy. But faith, trusting, believing is my response. It's how I respond to God's grace. And God is saying, listen, you're familiar with it. You go to the store, you pay, you get the goods. In the economy of God, faith is the currency of grace. Trust, believing God, is the currency that delivers the goods of grace to your doorstep. Can we believe God today? Can we believe God today? That man that came to Jesus said, I believe but help my unbelief. That's one of the most powerful prayers you can ever pray. Ah, I believe. But every now and then, hey, I have doubts. Help my unbelief. Let's stand to our feet. Give me John chapter 20 in King James. John 20. I want us to pray today. John chapter 20. Verse 19. And I want, you, I want us to use this verse to pray. I don't know what needs you bring to the house today. But one thing I can assure you of is you need to believe God. You need to believe God. Now, let me define that further. I am not talking of the human faith. Let let me define that. I'm not talking of the human faith. The human faith says, I see this chair, I can sit on it, it will hold me. I see it, I believe it. There's a human faith that says, I buy the ticket on Delta, I can fly on Delta. I have a reasonable expectation from Atlanta to LA, it will get to LA. Because I understand the law of aerodynamics and so forth and so on. The plane will work. Human faith. That's not what we're talking about. The Bible talks in Romans how God has given every man the measure of faith. The faith that moves God is the faith of the Son of God. Not my human faith or your human faith. Paul said it well in Galatians chapter 2. I am crucified. He said, my old man is crucified with Christ. He said, but nevertheless, 
I live. He said, yet not I. He said, the life that I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That is, he, that is the key. What I'm asking you and I to trust, to believe, to have faith, is the kind of faith of the Son of God. How did Jesus trust his Father that going to the cross will get out in three days? Are you hearing me? But you see, you don't have to try to get it. It's already in you. This is not something outside of you. It's already in you. God already gave you and I the measure of that faith. It's in there already. It's already in you. It's already in you. So whatever storms are raging in your life, I want us to believe God this morning. That song they sang earlier about the oceans are rising. It is true for some of us. We are almost drowning. But let me read this scripture to you in King James. 20, John 20, 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, what were they assembled? For the fear of the Jews. Then came Jesus. There's a translation that says like that. Then came Jesus. You are afraid right now. Maybe you've heard a doctor's report. You are afraid because the bills are piling up and you're saying, God, how, when, how? You are desperate because you are in a situation where you say, God, if you don't move, I will have to be moved. You are just like these disciples in John, 9, John 20 verse 19. They were so fearful, they locked themselves in a room. For many of us, we have been locked up in a room. We have been locked in the prison of our minds, saying it's not possible. It's not doable. It won't happen. But if you read that scripture very well, the Bible says, then came Jesus. And I'm saying to you this morning that Jesus has come into your situation. He has come to bring change. He has come to bring relief. He has come to deliver you. He has come to rescue you. He has come to bring peace in the midst of that storm. Whatever the situation is, is it a spouse you are believing God for? Is it money to pay a bill? Is it healing in your body? Is it protection for a journey? Is it your business? Whatever. Is it a promotion? Is it a job? I want to challenge you this afternoon that God is more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which you can think or ask according to the power of God that's at work in you. What's that power? The faith of the Son of God. So the first prayer I want to raise this, this afternoon, let's demolish the stronghold of unbelief. That notion that says it happened for him but it can happen for you, it's a lie. Don't believe that lie. In the name of Jesus, let's demolish that right now. Start praying right now in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we arrest 
that stronghold of unbelief right now in the name of your son Jesus we lay the axe we lay the axe of your word at the root of this tree of unbelief we destroy it right now we cast it down in the name of Jesus we say go and never return in the name of Jesus we have been born again we've been been placing us the gift of the measure of faith of Christ and so therefore in the name of Jesus we walk in the manifestation of belief and trust and faith in the name of Jesus we cast every doubt away into the sea right now in the name of Jesus we are trusting you we are believing you we are holding on to your hand you are more than able you are more than able you are more than able in the name of Jesus I release in this house the faith of the Son of God right now in the name of Jesus for whatever the situation that you are faced with enough faith to bring the manifestation in the name of Jesus we receive it Lord we receive it Lord we walk by faith and not by sight in the name of Jesus we walk by the faith of the Son of God and not by our sight he said to them that believe nothing shall be impossible I said Father God we receive the impossibilities right now in the name of Jesus Lord for those who are hurting their body even right now as I speak in pain in one place or the other one sickness or the other one disease or the other one ailment of the other or the other you have a covenant with us of healing that is your covenant of healing and wholeness and health and so Lord God we bring to your remembrance your word upon which you have caused us to have hope this is our comfort in our time of affliction and so Lord we thank you because we know your will is that we are whole that we are well in the name of Jesus so we receive that manifestation of healing and wholeness in our bodies right now in the name of Jesus whatever the sickness is called we call you to go 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 in the name of Jesus we receive soundness in our minds we receive soundness in our bodies we receive soundness in our spirits father in the name of Jesus thank you for making us whole we bless you we praise you Lord thank you father God thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord Lord. are are there anybody here this, this afternoon that needs a miraculous financial deliverance Anybody hear this? That says, I need God to do a financial miracle, a quick work. If that should just come right now, quickly. Father, as they come, by the faith they demonstrated in stepping out, by their faith in the Son of God, in the name of Jesus, God, I know you to be a provider. The enemy cannot convince me otherwise. You have done it time and time and time and time again. You are the great El Shaddai. The God of all sufficiency. You are the great Jehovah Jireh. 
their Lord God that is our provider. That is your name. And so Lord, by faith in the Son of God, in his finished work, how though he was rich, for the sakes of all of us, he became poor, that out out of his poverty, we might be rich. God, I cancel financial lack of whatever is sought. In the name of Jesus, I command lack to depart from you this very moment in the name of Jesus, thanking God for opening the the windows of heaven and causing his supply to reach you right now in the name of Jesus. Have you not said it, God? Would you not do it? You're not a man that you should lie. Neither the son of man that you repent. And so, Lord, I touch and agree with my brothers and sisters for their financial breakthrough in the name of Jesus. A miraculous one. In the name of Jesus, we receive for them now. In the name of Jesus, we know you have done it. And so we receive it and we give you glory and we give you praise for it. In the name of Jesus, open heavens, open heavens, the favor of God coming upon you. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed coming in, you are blessed going out. In the name of Jesus, receive it now, receive it now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father God. Thank you for favor. You will be favored this week. I said you'll be favored. In the name of Jesus, you will be favored. In the marketplace, you'll get favor. In the name of Jesus, God has done it. And it is permanent. It is permanent. The blessings of God, it makes us rich and it has no sorrow to it. In the name of Jesus, there is no sorrow. Sorrow will not be your portion. But joy, unspeakable, and full of glory, be released over your life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Now, one instruction for you. One instruction. When God manifests your blessing, you must be faithful to come back to the assembly of the saints to testify of the goodness of God. Because God is a good God. God is a good God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have a testimony.